What's up? How's everyone doing? Uh, welcome in to another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. Easy for me to say. Uh, pleased to welcome on another member of the Frederick Keys as, as we uh, continue our season-long, or excuse me, our summer-long uh, look at the team. Uh, joined by a man uh, who's uh, back to full health. Uh, he's, he's pitching very well. Uh, he is a right-handed pitcher, uh, Cody Sedlock. Cody, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, uh, you made your first start in a long time on Sunday. What, what was it like just to be back on the mound in a starting situation for you? Uh, it was great. You know, I, uh, I'm pretty comfortable coming out of the bullpen, too, because I, I did that quite a bit in college. But, um, you know, to have that routine and know that it's your day to uh, go out there and start the game and um, to throw the first pitch of the game, especially at home, you know, it's, it was great. And I was thankful to, uh, to have done well and to get back on the right track starting. Yeah, the last year has been a bit of an adventure for you. I mean, just with with your health and stuff like that, uh, uh, you only pitched 37 innings, uh, I, I, be- I believe, last year, and then it was a shoulder strain that, that really knocked you out of commission, right? Uh, t- tell us what exactly you were diagnosed with, because it's an unusual yeah. condition. Yeah, so I uh, had some shoulder pain throughout you know the end of spring training and the season last year, and uh, it got so bad that I you know I had to go to DL and got an MRI and everything, and said it was a shoulder strain. You know, there's a lot of information in there, inflammation in there, but there uh, you know wasn't any structural damage. So then I came back from that after I got a PRP injection, and um, I was still having my index finger go cold, and I kept getting this blister at the tip of my finger, and my shoulder was still bothering me a little bit. So I went to see a vascular surgeon. And um, he did some tests, and turns out I had thoracic outlet syndrome. So uh, how I, uh, how common is how common is that? Uh, it's it's becoming more common, but I don't know if it's becoming more common or we're just they're just diagnosing it more because the information and the you know the science is there a little bit more than in the past. But and I know it's common in um, you know volleyball players, swimmers, and baseball players. And, uh, but I was thankful enough to, when I went to St. Louis to, uh, see the specialist, I, um, he, you know, said that I didn't really, I didn't have to have surgery, which is usually you take the top rib out. So the, the, the top rib, that sounds like a yeah, horrible procedure. Yeah. It actually, it's really like not that invasive though, which is, you know, which is good, but I thankfully could just get through with rehab and I've had any problems since. So. Yeah, so you say you had a blister at the top of your. Uh, what, were, what were the other symptoms that you were experiencing? Uh, my hand would feel like really heavy, and uh, my whole index finger would get like ice cold after I threw a baseball. Were you just like, what is going on? Yeah, with me? and uh, I noticed it even in 2017 that that happened a little bit. My finger got cold. And, uh, but I was talking to the doctors a little bit and they were just like, oh, it's just, you know, from the trauma of throwing that made it go cold. But it turned out that it was a little bit more than that. And how many doctors did you have to see before you finally pinpointed this? Um, including the team doctors and everything, it was probably five or six doctors. Yeah, I mean, lots of trips and doctors' visits. Isn't isn't that the most frustrating thing in the world? Just not knowing something's wrong. But, yeah, but, but you don't know exactly. What's yeah, wrong. absolutely. Especially when you're trying to get healthy and you know it's still bothering you, and when you're throwing you're not at your at your best and, and here you are trying to establish yourself as a professional pitcher and and you have this unknown health symptom that's holding you back too yeah so, absolutely so that must, that must have been uh driving you nuts how relieved were you when you finally said this is what it is i mean we, we know what yeah. it is now we know how to go about attacking it. um I, w- I would say i was more relieved once i started throwing again 
before the season this year, and I fell 100%, and my arm strength started to come back. Whereas, like, last year, even, you know, I didn't feel any pain or anything, but since I didn't have the surgery, I was, you know, still like, all right, well, maybe, you know, this, this is kind of a test to see if, if it – if it did, you know, help. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling 100% now, and I haven't had any shoulder problems or anything. A anytime you hear the word surgery and, and you're a pitcher and it's in relation to your shoulder, that's got to make you really nervous, right? Especially because, I mean, this your career could be yeah. over at the, at the in the blink of an eye, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you can avoid the knife, it's, you know, it's a blessing. Right. And, and when you heard, like, the typical diagnosis is, take out a top rib i mean was that sort of just a freaky thing to hear from the doctor yeah absolutely especially when you walk into the uh you know the doctor's office and like he had a rib shaped cookies and a, a jar and stuff because like that's all he does is he takes out you know ribs for people who have thoracic outlet syndrome so right and, and he probably doesn't eat them but but, no. but, 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 but it's, nah. it's, it's sort of like it's, it's almost like going to a restaurant and saying hey uh, there's a rib yeah so um were you worried at any point that your career was in uh, jeopardy um not really because i was actually thankful that it whether you know, once I got the MRI and I found out that there wasn't any structural damage, I knew that that's like that's when, you know, scary stuff starts to happen when you have structural damage in your shoulder. Whereas, you know, thoracic outlet syndrome really isn't a thing that, you know, like hinders pitchers careers for after they get it fixed. So uh, I was thankful of that. And especially after I did more research and stuff, I found out that once you get past it, you're pretty much done with it. I was gonna say, is, is it a reoccurring condition or no? Is, it's is, not. It's not. So once you're once you're done with yeah. it, yeah. When, when did you really start feeling funny? Uh, when when did your arm start feeling funny? Uh, it was probably. I mean, I just started feeling shoulder pain at the beginning of the season last year, I'd say. But I, I've had the the finger thing and stuff since 2017, probably. Yeah, so you were drafted in uh, round one, uh, 2016. Yeah, you, you finished 2016 in Aberdeen, uh, and then and then you came right to Frederick uh, in 2017. What what was it weird for you to skip a level? Did you sort of want to go up the ladder rung, rung by rung? Uh, no, it it wasn't weird. It wasn't weird for me, and uh, you know I, I felt like I was ready. And I mean, being a 21 year old in Frederick, it, you know, it was it was awesome, and I really succeeded that first month, and then. You know, some things with my mechanics kind of, you know, went downhill and listening to too many people, too many voices in my head sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. what, what happened? Take, take me through that process. Uh, just, it, I just, you know, kind of got away from who I was and uh, was trying to do too much, you know, and uh, instead of just going out there and playing the game that I love and, you know, you bury yourself into a little bit of a hole when you do that. But I'm thankful now that I'm out of that and my mechanics are clean again and uh, arms feeling good and strong. So you have too many voices in your head, including including your own? What, 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 uh, what, yeah, what I'd say so. Too? You know, even whatever, you know, coaches or friends or whatever, you know, if you listen to all of them, they're going to be a little bit of a contradictory, you know, thing and make you worse. But uh, it's uh, it's one of those things where sometimes, you know, thinking and trying a little less is more beneficial. You just you want to go out there and react and not, and yeah. not really have to think exactly. at all, right? Just be an athlete. You threw 90 innings uh, here in Frederick in, in 2017. Did that feel like a heavy workload, or did, did, it, did it feel normal? No, it didn't It didn't really feel like a, a heavy workload too much. But, uh, you know, I did have a couple, you know, stints on the DL in that in that time, and coming back from that was, was hard. And that was kind of like the, uh, you know, the first of the issues. And I think that was just because of, you know, my mechanics kind of going down. And once you step on the mound, you're going to go 100%. 
and with bad mechanics, that sometimes uh, puts a little bit of pressure on your arm. What What were the What were the issues back in? Uh, I had uh, flexor or no, like medial epicondylitis. So it's just like a like flexor tendonitis sort of thing. Yeah, and and, and then and then nothing until the thoracic. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you feel like you've been sort of beset by bad luck when 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 it, when it comes to the arm health? Uh yeah, absolutely. But it's one of those things where everyone everyone in their career, you know, is gonna have unless you're Nolan Ryan or something, you're gonna have some sort of issues. And even his elbow popped at the end of his career. But it's one of those things where every pitcher is gonna have some sort of setback. And at least now I know how to get past it. I'm thankful that none of it's been too serious where I've had to, you know, have surgery and miss a too bad of an extended period of time. Besides last year, I didn't miss quite a bit of time, but I was able to get past that and come back in the end of the season, you know, and pitch. Yeah, I mean, your right arm is how you make your living. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what, what sort of steps do you go about to take care of, take care of your arm? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a daily process. of I, I have a pretty good routine now of, you know, shoulder strengthening, you know, elbow, forearm strengthening, and with my strength and conditioning. And uh, on a five-day rotation and six-day rotation, I have pretty good routine and rehab schedule out or prehab now. And, uh, you know, everything's felt good so far. Do you go heavy with the weights, or is it more about just maintaining flexibility? Or, uh, or I go I go heavy with the weights, and I've always gone heavy with the weights. And uh, sometimes I get away from that, and that's almost when my body starts to, you know, give out a little bit because I'm just not – I'm used to my whole life gone heavy with the weights. So. You are. So your, arm, so your arm's sort of used to the, the yeah. heavy workload and, and sort of used, yeah. to the, used to the strain. And then when you go away from that and then – Try and throw how how what you're in the what mid nineties uh, mid to upper nineties yeah low to mid nineties low to mid nineties yeah so when you're trying to throw a ball that yeah. hard after after some inactivity is that that's when you sense the problems yeah because you're just too up. almost too loose and then your mechanics aren't built for that and uh, you know you're not as strong as you you would be and that's just me personally and that's just how I'm I'm built so do you worry about hurting your arm or just putting too much strain on your arm just through the through the weightlifting no i never worry about that you know it's one of those things where everything that you do in the weight room it's gonna you know if it puts strain on it it's good strain and it's gonna come back stronger on the other end yeah so so you come back from uh from your uh 2017 and then you start in uh the gulf coast like that's just to get your confidence back and just to make sure you're full health in in 2018 uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was just like a couple of rehab starts just to make sure that, you know, everything was good with not having surgery and stuff and that I was past it and uh, wasn't having any pain or anything and was having, you know, quite a bit of success. And uh, so then I came up, came to Aberdeen for two starts, I believe, and then, you know, came back here for the last, you know, two weeks of the season or so. Right. Is it, is it? Are you amazed that you haven't had surgery? I mean, you, you uh, you've been able to avoid it so far. Sort of. I would you know, knock on yeah, wood knock, here. Knock on yeah. wood. I uh, I wouldn't say I'm amazed. I'm grateful though. That's for sure. Yeah, because like you say, once you, once you go under the knife, you, things can really yeah. Uh, especially you're putting yourself turns. into a surgeon's hands and how your body's going to react. So right. So yeah. So I mean, you're so last season ends and then you you're just. You're you're finally healthy. Uh, you're, you're you're full health. What, what what did that feel like? Knowing that you were coming into this season, it it, it, uh, it felt great because then I could have this whole off season. You know, building my strength, getting my you know my weight back up, getting you know myself prepared for this season, and um, you know going into my throwing program. You know, with a chip on my shoulder and knowing that this is going to be a big year for me. You know, that really helped me go into this spring training. Where does the chip on the shoulder come from? Uh, just, you know, having to deal with, you know, so much adversity, 
with the injuries and the struggles and having to deal with, you know, so many people who, you know, kind of gave up on me in a sense because of, you know, the injuries and, you know, the struggles and thought that I wasn't going to come back from it. But, you know, now you're seeing a lot more people come and, you know, putting me back on their radar, and that's a great thing to see. Who do you, who do you think gave up on you? Uh, I don't know in particular, but it's just, you know, in general. Yeah, so you, so you had something to prove. You, you yeah, came into absolutely. this uh, season with something to prove. When in the offseason do you generally start your throwing program? When, when do you really get things uh, cranked up? I probably start my throwing program second week of December. Okay. So maybe yeah, mid midway through December, early December. And, and, what, and what, what does your throwing program involve? Just long toss and stuff uh, like that? Yeah, or, it's, um, uh, it's just like a slow progression of, you know, at first it's three times a week, and then, you know, you work up to pretty much every day besides maybe one day a week, and uh, just slow progression and building up, you know, along with doing a lot of, like, uh, you know, plyo ball stuff and, uh, you know, weighted ball stuff to help with my mechanics and, uh, you know, keeping a fluid arm path. Do you start throwing bullpens right away, or um, uh, I start throwing bullpens probably about mid-January. Okay, early yeah. mid-January. Yeah. How do you know what to do? Does does, does someone help you out? Yeah, or they, do, they have do, a, do you they have, have a trainer a, or a program that you follow. Or, uh, um? yeah, they, I mean they they give us a throwing program and it's uh, a pretty straightforward you know throwing program. But you know, being in my third year, I've modified it to you know how how I need. You know, to do it to perform and get ready for spring training. Right. Do you do anything unusual like that some people might not think of that to maintain your arm? Um, I wouldn't say I do too much. That's really unusual. Right. Yeah. I mean, you basic icing and, and yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't really funny anymore, routines. Or? But uh, yeah, just a lot of um, you know, a lot of good weightlifting, running, and uh. You know, after I throw my bullpen and stuff, I'll do, you know, a very extensive, you know, rehab program to keep my uh, my shoulder and my elbow healthy. Well, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen a pitcher do to, to, ma- uh, to maintain uh, his arm? I'm trying to think. The weirdest thing. Have you ever, ever been in a hyperbaric chamber or anything no, like that? No, no I've, never, yeah. I've never done anything like that. Yeah. But, um... You know, you see a lot of weird stuff, like a weird, like superstitious stuff. But yeah, I've yeah. Never well, seen well, any. Well, what what some of the superstitious? Stuff? Uh, I mean, I know you know some people who, you know, they if they, I guess it's not really so much with pitchers. Pitchers aren't as superstitious as position players. I'd say I don't know if it's because you have to show up to the park every single day and hit, and you have to, you know, do that, you know, that to keep your mind right. But I mean, there's some people who if they go three for four, they'll eat the same exact thing for lunch every single day until they go, you know, 0 for 4. Right. And if that means eating, you know, the same Subway sandwich for two weeks straight, they'll do it. And I, I couldn't do anything like that. I'm not a superstitious I, person. I was going to say, you've never grown your hair out or... or no, nah, I've, I've, grow, I've grown my hair out and stuff, but it, that was just a personal thing. I, right. I've never been a superstitious person because I don't really believe in that, but if you believe in it, then it works. What if it's a team-wide thing? What if what if everyone's growing a playoff beard or something Oh, then, like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's more of a team morale thing. Right, yeah. So you had an awesome first half of the season here. You were named to the Carolina League All-Star game, but but your innings were sort of at the point that they were last year. You only threw 37 last year, and, you, and it didn't take you that long to hit that mark this year. Uh-huh. So to monitor that, they said, hey, Cody, we want you to take a break. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a person, I'm, I'm sure you understood what, what they were thinking there and, and understood what they were trying to do. But as a competitor, I know you want to yeah. get out there and pitch every, every, every time you're called. So that must have been pretty frustrating. Yeah, have it to, was have to, have to have to shut down like that. Yeah, it was really it was really tough, but um, you know, I could have either, you know, taken it as a break or 
you know, took it as an opportunity to, you know, work harder. And uh, I think I did that, and I came out on the other side, you know, better. And uh, I'm ready to start the second half and, um, you know, fly, you know, fly through the rest of the season. Well, was that a difficult thing to sort of sh- shut yourself down? Because you're doing all this work, and, 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 and you're in your daily routine. You're in the middle of the season now, and now you're shutting things down. Is that a difficult thing to go through? Uh, yeah, it was. But then talking to some of the you know coaches that they said I, I would have – if I would have kept up the pace I was at, I would have reached my innings limit by, like, the end of July or early August. And then you would have been shut then down. Then I would have been shut down the whole rest of the year. So – and now I'm at the point where I can pitch, you know, through the beginning of September and be 100. percent so, so, so you could you could finish the season. Yeah. So, so you felt good. You felt good about that. Yeah. So, um, and and you said it wasn't really much of a break for you when I when I talked to you at the All Star game. You said yeah. You, you were doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I was doing a lot. You know, a lot of weightlifting, a lot of running. You know, a lot of uh, you know learning. You know, pitch development and stuff like that. So how tough was it to get fired back up again and and sort of get back into the routine of, of being a once every five day starter? <laughs> um, it, it wasn't it wasn't that tough because uh, I was still doing all of my live bullpens and everything like that on a five day routine okay. with a bullpen in between. So it was kind of just you know taking stopping doing the games and then doing some some practice stuff and then coming back into the games. So. so first time you pitched, what what were the nerves like in, after after the break? Uh, there were there were definitely some nerves. I came into the bullpen or came out of the bullpen in Wilmington and pitched two innings, I believe. And uh, you know, game speed is completely different than anything you can you know do in a practice. So uh, it was def- there was definitely some nerves, just like there you know, there always is when you pitch. I, I was gonna say, do you get nervous before every starter? Or, oh or yeah. Do you, do you get to a point where you're not really phased by it anymore? No, nah, I. Uh, Definitely, when I'm starting, I definitely get nervous on the day of. But uh, I, you know, you ask any starter and or any baseball player, they're going to get you know the pregame jitters and stuff. And if you don't get if you don't get nervous, then Something's you should probably stop. Right. Yeah, you yeah. should stop playing. You're not as, you're not a competitor. What are you mo- so. What are you most nervous about uh, before? I'm not just getting shelled or um, no. Uh, I don't ever think yeah. about that. Right. But uh, it's not even just, you know you don't even. There's no sense of nervousness. It's just. You're just anxious to get out yeah. there and do it. Yeah. yeah, more more excited than anything. Right. So. Yeah. So so it's a good it's a it's a good nerve. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely. Not, there's nothing there's nothing like it. And you talk to players who pitchers who, you know, they're done playing and they say that there's, no matter what you do in life, there's, there's no other feeling than that. Right. So you you're not nervous or anxious because you fear something is going to go wrong. You, you no. You, I mean, you, if you if you if you're going out there and pitching, and you're fearing you're going to do something wrong. You're probably not even going to get to this point in your career. Right. Yeah. Right. No. So. No, uh, no doubt about that. So, what is your uh, routine like uh, on on a day that you start? Uh, what, what, do, you, do you wake up at the same time, or yeah, or? I usually wake up at the same time. Try to get two meals in me before I pitch, and then um, I try to do something active in the morning, not just lay around. So, kind of fires my body up a little bit. Whether that's like walking my dog, or going to the park, or just walking around downtown, or doing whatever. Maybe if I'm on the road, go into the hotel weight room and just do you know some push-ups, sit-ups some light dumbbell stuff so you're looking to get going early early yeah. in the day early yeah the and day. then you know lay down and hang out until the game until an hour before and then i usually start getting you know warmed up and then you know 30 minutes before or so start my my throwing and my bullpen and get going do you socialize or are you are you a guy that likes to be sort of left no i like i like to socialize until probably about an hour and a half before the game and, 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 then, and, it's and, time, and, and then and then you get locked in yeah. and you don't want anyone talking to you or anything yeah. like that do you listen do you listen to music or yeah i often listen to music oh uh, what's your uh music style of choice uh there? 
it's it honestly it differs on day to day like I, it's never like i have like a, i don't have like a playlist or anything i you listen know. to i just all, all, all different kind, all different kinds of music yeah or, it's not like i'm never hip, listening hip-hop, to music rap, to like heavy metal all that stuff everything or, yeah. yeah it's not i'm never like listening to music to like pump me up or anything it's just like background noise i guess right so so, so the music sort of just it, it, it's just it, there it's soothe it's soothing yeah. uh, and, and it gets you it gets you in the right yeah. mindset so and then and then you you, you go down and throw what uh, about f- 10 15 minutes before you before you actually have to take them out in, in, in the bullpen or? uh yeah usually if it's a seven o'clock game i'll start playing catch at 6 35 uh play catch from 6 35 6 45 and then bullpen from 6 45 to 6 55 and then you know two three minute break in the dugout and then you go and take them out who are your favorite musical artists by the way um I don't know. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Tom Petty. Yeah. Just because, you know, ever since he passed, I kind of dug into. I've always liked his music, but just kind of dug into a little bit more of his songs, and uh, you know, I'm liking him a lot. So. What, what, what's your genre of choice? Hip hop, country. Uh, my um, genre of choice. I like I like house music. Okay. And um, and I like country. Yeah. Did you ever play a musical in- instrument? Were you ever in a band or anything? Uh, like no, that? I played the piano growing up. Okay. From like ages like. Eight to thirteen. Okay, and, so. and why'd you stop? You just got too busy I, with, with, with baseball and stuff. Yeah, or, I started yeah. playing sports. <laughs> right, kind of got away from that. But I was, I, I was actually pretty good. And you can ask my parents too. They, they always said I was really good, and I probably shouldn't have given it up so quickly. But I, I still can play a little bit, but not too much. Growing up, was the dream to be an athlete or a musician or? No, nah, it was definitely know. to be an athlete. Yeah. You know, growing up, I always wanted to be a baseball player in specific. You did. So. Yeah. A, a pitcher or? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you grew up in uh, Illinois, so yep. um, so what was life like growing up? Uh, you I grew came up from in, a com- competitive family, or um? uh, yeah, I uh, I grew up in like rural Illinois, like western Illinois, so about three hours west of Chicago. Okay. So um, I grew up my my town has 648 people in it. Wow, so that's like a two or three stoplight town. Huh? Yeah, there's yeah. no stoplights. No, no stoplights town. at no, all. No wow. stoplights. But. Uh, um, so I grew up in the country, like middle of 60 acres. So I grew up a lot, you know, hunting and fishing. And, uh, Did you, you know, drive a pickup truck? Or was, it the stereo- pick was, it, was it the stereotypical country uh, I mean, I grew up I, – I drove a pickup truck in high school. Like, it was my dad's old truck. My dad has trucks and stuff. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely not stereotypical, though. Like, I, it's not like I, you know, roll out, you know – Riding my pickup truck right. and listening to music and, and shooting and, and, stuff. And you, you know? Right, exactly. And you but, like you like country music. Right? Yeah, I like country yeah. music, but it's probably not my favorite. My okay. favorite genre. Who's your, who's your favorite country artist? Um, um Garth Brooks. I or? No, you're, you're, I like I like too, Garth Brooks. You're, you're too young for Garth Brooks. Yeah, no, so. but uh, you know, I don't know. I've been I've seen Brad Paisley in concert quite a few times. Okay. So I, I like I enjoy him, but some of the newer guys I like to like Luke Combs and Chris Stapleton. Right. Stuff, so. And and how old were you when you started playing baseball? Uh, I was about five years old. Five years old, and yeah. you pitcher from the start, or were you? Yeah, playing, I started you pitching playing from positions? the beginning, but I played I played both. Okay. What what other positions? Did you uh, growing up, I played shortstop and a little bit of outfield, and then in high school I played outfield. And I, uh, I actually went to college as a two-way player, outfield and pitching. At, at, at Illinois, yeah. okay. Uh, an outfielder, what, right field, center field, uh, uh, left? Or? Usually right field or left field. Okay. Was, was, the, was the dream, though, to always be a pitcher? Yeah, or, I'd or, probably or, say or, I always, I always enjoyed I, I always enjoyed pitching the most because it's such a uh, 
you know, a battle between, you know, pitcher and hitter and you you're in the game every single you know, every single play. It's kinda like the quarterback in football, you know. Right, but you only get the ball once every five times. Is, yeah, is, is, is that tough to have to watch? Yeah, uh, it's it's in, absolutely in, in, tough in between starts. It's absolutely tough, but you just have to do different things to keep your mind engaged, and or else the games are going to go by really slow. What, what what do you think the toughest part about being a pitcher is? I think it's developing a routine that yeah. um, you know makes you able to perform at your best and you know attack hitters with your best stuff every single time out. Right. So. Were you always an awesome pitcher? I mean, could kids hit you in like little league? And, uh, yeah, and, and I was always up? I was always like a soft throwing strike thrower growing up because I was real little. And then I my junior high school I sprouted up and I started throwing harder. And then I became you know like a you know a dominant pitcher. I guess right. Say. And, and and who were your baseball influences growing up? Were they pitchers? Were they were they other players? Uh, like, they were they were, they were pitchers. Um, I grew up watching like. Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood, yeah, and then are you, are you, Carlos Zambrano, yeah, Cubs. You're, so. you're, you're a Cubs fan, not, yeah. not, not a Sox fan. Yeah, no, so. Cubs. For okay, sure. well, why, why, why the Cubs? Is that just it's yeah. just how my family was, and then, I mean, even though they were, you know, growing up, they didn't really win too many games, right? But uh, you know, to see, you know, the Cubs fans. I mean, I think even, you know, even Orioles fans now should take something from how Cubs fans used to be you know they were so loyal to the cubs even when they were you know in last place that once they won the championship you know there were so many familiar faces it wasn't like a bandwagon thing at all you're not you're not that old at all cody at 24 but um but but you're old enough to appreciate some of that losing history with the cubs so to watch them win the world series like they did in uh in in 2017 Mm -hmm. um what was that moment like for you uh it was it was pretty cool i was able to um I went to a couple, a couple, a couple games in the playoffs. I think when they were playing the Dodgers, but uh, oh, you got you got home and got got some games. Yeah, yeah. I actually I lived in, in downtown Chicago my so my first off season or my second off season, so 2017 off season. But um, you know it was it was cool to uh, you know to see them do that, and I was already drafted by the Orioles by then, so I uh, you know I was I wouldn't say I was like a, a fan of the Cubs anymore because now you know when you're playing for organization you're going to be the fan of that club sure you know, obviously but uh you know it was really cool to to see the whole you know the whole state and the whole midwest kind of rally around you know the cubs right were you solely focused on baseball as a kid or did you play other sports no too? i played i played basketball and football yeah i was gonna say out. you're you're yeah. a tall athletic guy so yeah. I, I figured you played basketball why why not why wasn't basketball more of a track for you? I mean, you had to grow you grew up in Chicago where I mean, you're probably a little too young to have seen Michael Jordan in his in in his heyday, but but yeah. the Bulls and Jordan, I mean, that's Yeah, I, I always I always enjoyed basketball, but uh you know, I just I, I liked baseball, you know, a lot more and um you know, playing travel ball growing up and stuff kind of had a, you know, better love for it and on top of that, I was, you know, much better at baseball than I was at basketball. You were, okay. Um, so, so you, you get noticed for your, both your play uh, in the outfield and uh, and uh, your your work on the mound. When when did you notice that the scouts were really starting to buzz around you and stuff like that? Uh, I know my Illinois coaches saw me pitch for the first time and play semifinal state my junior year. So I did I didn't go to any showcases or anything. I kind of got recruited the old fashioned way, but. Um, but then I so just just through high school events, you weren't playing other, yeah. other tournaments and stuff like that. No. Just just what you did in high school. Yeah, right? yeah. And I, I, did I you got feel that you're lucky. Making, did you feel you were making a mistake by by not doing more or? Uh, um, no. I mean, once I committed to Illinois and stuff, I started to do 
do some more stuff for the draft and stuff. But I didn't, I didn't get drafted out of high school. But I, I wasn't ready anyways. But um, And then went to college and started getting a little bit more attention probably like after I went to the Cape Cod League after my sophomore year. You did okay, so you start you starting to get noticed. And, yeah. and when did when did your fastball touch ninety miles an hour for the first time? Uh, touched ninety miles per hour probably my senior year of high school. And and did you think that was a real game changer for, uh, for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, when it, that happened, you know, scouts care so much about velocity, velocity and yeah. that's you know, you especially when you're young like that, you go out there and every single time you're trying to throw as hard as you can, just because you know you see radar guns back there and that's. You know, unfortunately, that's a lot what scouts, you know, see and they, you know, care about. They, but, they, uh, they just want to know how fast you can throw and that you're capable of, yeah, of, they, they, of yeah, hitting they, the number. Yeah, they want to yeah. make make sure that, you know, you have it in the tank for sure. Right. But. Did, did you – were you healthy growing up as a pitcher? Or did you, yeah, did you have I, uh, a little in, nagging injuries no, I mean, and stuff too? To be honest, I my arm never even got sore until I – first started having those you know forearm issues in 2017 right so so, so that had to be crazy it's yeah like my, I, I've, I've pitched my whole life i've never had any issue and then here i am i finally get my big break i'm mm -hmm. playing professional baseball and then these issues yeah it was uh, crop up so um so you, so you why, why did you choose illinois uh, uh i would have went to illinois even if i didn't um didn't play baseball in college, probably. Yeah. I grew up an Illinois fan in every sport, and, uh, you know, it was pretty much a dream college for me. It was. And, and what did you go there to study? Uh, I studied plant biotechnology. Okay. So, like, genetic engineering of crops. All stuff. right. Why, yeah. why, why, why is that an interest? Uh, well, where I'm from, like, western Illinois, it, uh, you know, it's very, there's a lot of agriculture, and yeah. it's a big part of everyone, a lot of people's lives. You know, it's where the headquarters of John Deere is and stuff. And, uh you know, I got kind of got into that, and then I saw that field and um, started learning a little bit more about it, and it really intrigued me. So I, you know, went after it, and I liked it. So, what would you be doing right now if you weren't playing pro baseball? Um, I'd probably be doing field studies somewhere in a lab, doing some sort of thing. You know, maybe for Monsanto, maybe for some sort of seed company. Who knows? Is, is that in your future? When, when whenever the baseball days uh, yeah, uh, come yeah, to we'll, an end? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I might like to coach or something, but. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll see if that if that doesn't happen then I'll probably do something like that right what was your college experience like at uh, Illinois uh, it was the greatest three years ever you know I uh, I would recommend anyone to go to University of Illinois to play and uh, you know my coaches were amazing the, my teammates were amazing and you know my teammates that I played with are by far my best friends you know and um, it's you know it was definitely a brotherhood and it was it it was a great experience loved it did you ever have a chance to get drafted out of high school uh i mean if i would have told him i was signing for a hundred thousand dollars i probably would have got drafted but yeah i you know I, there there wasn't unless it was big money i wasn't gonna sign and yeah I, I didn't really have an opportunity i, mean, I definitely wasn't ready no but. right yeah because every, everyone's different of course yeah. and, and everyone sort of faces that decision that it's, yeah that if, if they get drafted out of high school monetarily where where am i in terms of my career i mean yeah. how, how do you think going to college how do you think that helped you the most uh, i think it it helped me so much it helped me learn how to how to fail and it helped me learn how to um you know be in an atmosphere where you know you have to work your way up from being you know a freshman at the bottom of the totem pole to you know trying to be you know a, a guy and help your program win and uh, i think that that's something you can take in any aspect of life and um I wouldn't share that experience for anything. 
you just mentioned something learning how to fail is that, is that a hard thing to do oh absolutely and uh you do see you see a lot of a lot of baseball players you know especially like high school drafts who they get they get into pro ball and um you know they get that first taste of failure and they go through you know the learning curve also and you know everyone everyone has their moments where they're going to fail and go through adversity and then they're always going to come back out of it if you stay strong so. right if you have a really bad start i mean how do how do, how do you react uh, usually if I have a really bad start, I, you know, for, you know, an hour or so afterwards, I think, you know, what, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Is are, there, are, are you, are you angry? Are you stewing about it? Or uh, are, you, I mean, are you able to let it go? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. for, for an hour or so, I, you know, I think about it, I'm angry, but then after that, I try to, you know, look past it and look towards the next start. Because that's another really tough thing to do to let things go. I mean, yeah. especially things that don't go your way, just letting them go yeah. and just moving on to the next thing. Say you have a really good start. Say say you have an awesome outing. Uh, what, what, what's your mindset? That's the same uh, thing. After that, for an hour afterwards, you think about what you did well and why you did well, and then after that, it's on to the next start. Yeah. So because then it doesn't matter after you're done, either way. Yeah. So. so obviously you pitched well enough in Illinois to be uh, taken in the first round of the 2016 draft. What was that experience like being taken by the Orioles in in, in, in your first round draft choice? Oh, uh, it was it was a great experience. I. Uh, you know, it's it's very stressful. Each pick, it's like, you know, it's it's you know four minutes, five minutes every pick, but it seems like it's two hours. You know, you're sitting there waiting for your name to get called or get a, you know, a call from a team. And uh, what what were people telling you? I mean, where did you think you were gonna wind up going? Uh, I knew that there was about there was about four or five. I knew that if I was gonna make it to the Orioles at 27, that they were going to take me. Yeah. So, but there's about four or five teams before that that, uh, you know, I had talked to and thought, you know, that if, if things would have fallen differently, they would have taken me. So, uh, those were like the, the picks that I was like looking forward to. So you and figured you were, you weren't going to make it out of the first round. I no. Mean, yeah. For, based on what you were hearing. Yeah. So, no. Right. I mean, just, there's so many rounds in the baseball draft. I mean, it goes on and on and on to be a first round pick. I mean, yeah. well, how does that sort of resonate in your mind that, that Hey, I, oh. was a, I was a first round draft. Choice. Yeah. I mean, it was a great experience, especially to be able to, you know, celebrate that with my, you know, my family and close friends. Yeah. Well, what, what, what were you doing draft day and stuff? Uh, we had just like a little, like a get together and my family and I had some, you know, friends from college and high school there and uh, some old coaches and everything. And uh, just to be able to, you know, experience that with them. And uh, when I actually did get drafted, I was like, you know, just with my parents and stuff. And that was a really cool experience. Yeah. And it was the Orioles. I mean, yeah. did you know anything about the Orioles or did, did you have a much of a reaction uh, to that? Or You know, um, growing up in, you know, Western Illinois and growing up a Cubs fan and stuff, I didn't really know too much about the Orioles. But I did know like how rich their history was, and um, you know how amazing you know the the Baltimore area is and everything. So once I once I got drafted, I started to you know look into it more, and you know every time you know I go to that area and you know Maryland, it's you know it's great. You grew up in Illinois. You went to college in Illinois. Deep down inside, did you want one of the Chicago teams to, to, to uh, draft you? I I didn't really think about it too much, but. Uh, I also the Cubs didn't have a pick until the third round okay. my, in so, 2016, so, so, so I knew that that wasn't going to happen. Right. But um, no, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you know it's it would be it, I mean, it'd be cool to play for your hometown team, but in reality, you just want to play in the big leagues no matter what team it is. Right. Was so. it also good for you to just get out of Illinois and just experience some other part of the country? Yeah, too, or? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
What, what do you make of the Frederick area and, and, and just Baltimore and, and, uh, and I, I love I yeah. love Frederick and uh, you know especially compared to some other you know towns that we go to and everything. I uh, you know this this is my third year here. You know I spent a lot of time in Florida last year, but um, you know I know the downtown area pretty well and I know the you know everything about it. Where, where, where do you like to, where do you like to hang out? Where do you like to eat and, and um, hang out? I I, lo- I love the tasting room for like a you know a nice dinner. Yeah. And uh, other than that, though, I loved you know to go out you know and have some drinks and stuff at like Taco Daddy and Brewers Alley and you know all that stuff. I love all the craft beers that are around here. There's so many like little you know breweries and stuff like that. It's really cool. And um, you know the downtown area with that you know there's that little you know river that goes down. Everything. Yeah, Carroll Creek, right? Yeah. Yeah, just to um, to walk my dog down that. You know, we do that like once a week. Me and my fiance. So it's uh, it's awesome. I love the area. How did you meet your fiance? Uh, we both went to University of Illinois. Okay, so you met her in college. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and, and she likes the area and stuff too. Yeah, I, she I, loves I, it. I, I take it. Yeah. So, w- w- what do you like to do when you're trying to get away? It's hard because there's a game just about every day. But yeah. when, when you're trying to get away from baseball, what, what do you like to do? Go to the movies? Uh, uh, no, or? I like to fish. I okay. like to uh, golf a lot. You golf? Uh, yeah. okay. I haven't been able to in a long time. Or not a long time, but a couple months. But uh, I love to golf. Are, 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 you, are you pretty good? Or, uh, uh, it depends on the day. If I'm playing a lot, then I'm, I'm pretty decent. Right. And, and who, who are your golfing uh, uh, favorites? Are you, are you a Tiger guy? Or uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. always a Tiger guy. But uh, I, li- I like Brooks Kepka. Yeah. A lot, especially, you know, what he did in the Masters and stuff like that. that was how, really about, cool. how about Tiger winning the Masters? Yeah, so, that was crazy. Yeah. That so, was awesome. Right. I mean, we were all on the bus watching that, and we hooked up to a big TV. And oh, we were you, were watching, watching, you were watching yeah. golf on the bus. Yeah, uh, it was cool. A professional baseball team. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's awesome. So – um, being a first round pick, I mean, it, it sounds great. It's it's awesome. It's a cool experience, but a lot of pressure comes with that too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what sort of weight does it being a first round pick carry? Uh, see, I, I don't really see it because it's more of an, uh, you know, there there's a reason that was a first round pick, you know, and I always got to keep that in you know the back of my mind. Like, there's no there's no pressure. The only pressure you can put on yourself is your expectations, right? I mean, my expectations are going to be way higher than any other person's, you know, expectations of myself. Right. So uh, you just got to take every day, you know, as a blessing and never let, you know, the pressure get to you. Because once you start doing that, you're never going to perform to your best of your ability. Are you, are you a perfectionist, uh, Cody? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I'm very, very competitive when it comes to, you know, everything. And uh, it's not one of those things where I have to be perfect and I get, you know, upset if I'm not, if I'm not perfect, but... I do like to win no matter what, you know, little game it is. Or Do you like anything. to win more or hate? do you hate losing more than you like winning? Or um, uh, No, I like I like winning more than I it, hate losing. Losing, okay. Because yeah, yeah. sometimes losing can be beneficial. Yeah. But. Uh, do you think the injuries and just the travails you've gone through, do you think that's been a blessing in disguise? Uh, yeah, absolutely, in, in especially because, you know, the physical – the physical uh, adversity is one thing, but the mental adversity is a whole different thing. You know, trying to get back to being, you know, having that confidence in your body and confidence in your your arm and how you are as a pitcher. But uh, you no, know, going through all of that and coming back on the other side, you know, back to where I am now, I think that's something that I'll be able to carry through the whole rest of my life and be able to get past any sort of you know trials and tribulations that go on in my life. Your competitiveness, where does that come from? Your mom, your dad? Is, is, is uh, I'd probably say or? it comes from, comes from my dad. Okay. And just growing up and, 
you know, I, I don't think that kids nowadays go out and just like play wiffle ball with their friends or tackle football or anything as much as they should. Too busy playing video games inside and stuff, which video games there's competitiveness, but there's not that physical competitiveness that there is. You, you, playing didn't, you didn't play video games, but you were an active kid. Yeah, I, outdoors, uh, well, growing up, I, I didn't have, I lived too far in the country that I didn't have good enough internet to um to play video games online or anything okay so i had like a video game consoles but it was always like just like playing madden or something so uh i was mostly outside you know you know shooting my bb gun or whatever and shooting it's my good it, it, it helped you yeah you have to get absolutely. to work to where you've gotten yeah right? absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah but just 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 being the just yeah. being the active uh Definitely. kid um uh growing up so um so this season uh, you've, you've pitched very well, obviously, and and you say the secret has been, or the big biggest reason you pitched so well is you're throwing all of your pitches for strikes and you're throwing all of your pitches with confidence. It's about the off-speed stuff too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with so much, uh, you know, sky, so many scouting reports that are out today. You know, they know the other team always knows exactly, you know, your percentages on what you throw on every count and stuff. So if you're able to, you know. I got four pitches. If you're able to split those 25%, you know, every single count, you know, they're going to be guessing up there every single time. And that's when, that's when you're going to have success is when you're able to, you know, throw a, you know, three, two slider to a righty with bases, you know, bases loaded and have confidence in it, knowing that it's going to be, you know, a good quality pitch. What's your best pitch? Uh, I'd probably say my best pitch is my fastball. It is. But um, my second best pitch is probably – you know my slider to righties and my change up to lefties. And when, and when did you learn to throw those pitches? Uh, I threw. I started throwing my slider summer going into my junior year of college, and I started throwing my change up. Um, I always threw a change up, but I didn't throw very often. It wasn't what it is today. So I probably said I learned how to throw a change up last year. Probably. Okay. Uh, you may have just heard the national anthem uh, here on the podcast. A game is not uh, taking place right now. They're, they're doing some pregame festivities here at the ballpark and a little anthem rehearsal. So some of the sounds of the ballpark uh, here at uh, Nemeo Field. So uh, so what's so what's your outlook? What are you hoping to do uh, for the rest of the season? Uh, I'm looking to you know keep the ball rolling and um, to take every day and get a little bit better and have a you know finite focus on what I need to do to get better. And uh, you know if that that means doing you know things that are uncomfortable to me and something I'm not good at, then you know so be it. That's good for me. And uh, just take every start one game at a time and not look too far ahead in the future. You say you're comfortable coming out of the bullpen too. Um, yeah. If you if you had to do that, you're 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 fine with that. You're not hung up on just being a starting pitcher. Uh, so. No, I mean I enjoy starting 100% more. I I feel like I am a starting pitcher, and I think that's what my future is. But. I am comfortable coming out of the bullpen also. I mean, what just talk about the different mindset. Because when you're a relief pitcher coming out of the bullpen, you don't know exactly when you're going to do it. It seems like it's a whole other preparation routine that you have to go yeah, through. Yeah, as a, as a starting pitcher, it's such a such a big mental game with, um, you know, studying the other team's hitters and knowing their holes and uh, different counts with different pitches and stuff. Whereas a reliever, it's um, it's one of those things where you're basically working off adrenaline. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what, what's your take on the, the, the sort of new wave of, of, of thinking in baseball that the opener now, where, where you're not uh, 
you're starting a guy and then the starter comes in maybe in the second or third inning. So yeah. you, you have an opener. What's your take? What's your take on uh, that? I don't really, I don't like it too much as a, you know, as a starting pitcher. But yeah, there's a there's prestige in starting the game, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, but I do, you know, I do understand it because if you watch so many baseball games, the first inning, a lot of times is when the starter does get into trouble, especially when you're facing, you know, one, two, three, you know, middle of the order sometimes. When the runs are going to be scored, if uh, you know if you can throw a reliever out there that has an absolute wipeout breaking ball or something, and they can just throw eleven of those in the first inning with a hundred miles per hour, also, you know, and just get those quick three outs, and then throw the starter out there, and he can go six innings, you know, then you're going to win a lot of ball games. But I like I like starting the game. But has analytics taken over baseball too much? Is there, is there too much of that stuff going on now? And can, can some of that um, stuff get jammed in your head? Or kind um, of being being a part of both sides whereas you know past two years we were on we didn't use any analytics really into this year being you know kind of on the top notch end of it I, I don't think it's ruining baseball at all because it's it's just giving you know the players its tools to be able to perform at the best of their ability so you'd argue the game is just changing it's yeah it's, it's not, just it's not better, it's just it's not better or worse it's just it's yeah just changing it's just so. changing yeah like like how crazy how deep into the analytics do you get? Are you are you looking at um, are you looking at when you look at a batter? I mean, what sort of things are you looking for and stuff like that? Um, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where I'm not I, I haven't this is my first year, so I'm kind of you know I'm new to it, but I'm trying to get as you know deeply indulged into it as as I can. Right. So. Right. Uh, who who keeps the guys loose in the clubhouse and stuff like that? Um. um Brennan Hanfee has some pretty good one-liners. He does. So he's, yeah. he's like joking. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, if he, he can pull out a one-liner out of nothing, and right. it's it's hilarious. Right. But, uh, and then Matias Dietz, he's a he's a, a goofy character too. He's a good dude. Yeah. And uh, so I think that they probably keep the keep the clubhouse loose. Right. And uh, uh, I had Zach Jarrett on last week. He said he and Ripken are, are sort of the the deep, the the team DJs that they, they like control the, yeah. music, the, the music that goes yeah, under. And absolutely. Do, are, are you fine with their musical choices or yeah. do you have, you have to tell them turn that uh, stuff off? No, no. I, I, li- I like their choices. All right. So, Cody, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for doing this and uh, wish you good health. Uh, most importantly, glad to see you're back healthy and uh, wish you a continued success for the rest Thank of the you. season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, my thanks to producer Graham Cullen, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Final Score Podcast.